Episode 9, Cannabis Delivery Methods, Part 2, Edibles, Suppositories, and Topicals. Plants for Life podcast is straight conversation about plant-based whole foods, also known as ITEL lifestyles for health and wellness with a special focus on cannabis. Felicia Dawson, MD, cannabis advocate, educator, dual board certified physician, obstetrics, gynecology, and integrative medicine. Oski Shivanya, fourth generation Jamaican herbalist, plant-based nutritionist, indoor cannabis cultivator, and veteran cannabis pioneer. And Marilyn Pierce, RN, author, speaker, and cannabis advocate. Join us as we discuss nutritional plant-based lifestyles, including cannabis. everyone. Let me just give just a quick overview of the, the major entryways of cannabis or CBD into the body. I would say number one, inhalation through the lungs. Number two, skin or topical. Uh, three would be oral. And four, not in any particular order, would be suppositories or through the rectum or, or vagina. So four major entryways into the body with cannabis or CBD. What is the big deal with edibles? Why are people concerned with it? Tell us, tell us the good and the bad. Well, the, the good thing is that, again, you, when you have an edible, you can be discreet. You can consume what looks like just food or dessert when it's actually infused with something. The onset, again, is going to be, depending on if your stomach is empty or it's not, it can be anywhere from 30 to 40 minutes to two hours. So the, the thing about edibles is that you have to be, especially if you're new to this plant, is to take your time and wait two hours, I would say, before you consume an additional dose. Because the biggest common mistake that people make with these edibles is consuming too much. And edibles do hang around for six to eight hours. So it's hard. You can't. It's nothing you can do once it's in there. So you want to be be careful that you don't overdose and and make yourself have a bad trip. The downside with edibles is that besides the fact that people can overdose easily, and that's I'm now I'm talking about cannabis now. But CBD, it's not going to really matter if you're trying to do cannabis. It's easy to overdose. The other downside to edibles is that they haven't really got the science down enough to make sure that the, the cannabinoids are spread evenly or distributed evenly through the food or whatever it is. So you may get a, a section that doesn't have much cannabis in it and then another section that may have too much in it. So that's why we don't recommend edibles for treating a medical condition. I don't think it'll be a big deal if you just want to take something to go to sleep. But if you try to treat seizures or something like that, you want something a little bit more precise like your, your tinctures. And I, I'll tell you a quick story about a, a, a guy who was written up in the, in the journals, had a lollipop that I believe had 90 milligrams of THC in it, new to cannabis. He, I don't know how much of that he ate, but the typical person doesn't do much more than 10 milligrams at a time. He started seeing things, hearing things, uh, was having like heart attack symptoms, went to the ER and he got written up in the journal that, oh, cannabis lollipop gives heart attacks. Well, that's not the case because he actually had a heart condition already. And if you're not in good health, you know, as we talked earlier 
um, TAC makes your blood pressure drop, which makes your heart increase your rate, your heart rate to try to keep your, your, your organs receiving enough blood. So this man over, over, overdosed himself on a lollipop because he didn't understand that you don't do the whole thing in one sitting like that. So that's, that's the danger of, uh, of uh, edibles. He had a psychedelic induced anxiety attack, which activated his already bad heart. It's pretty much what happened there. A cannabis is a mild psychedelic and people fail to realize that until they get a high dose of THC inside of them and, and realize they're in another world. Cannabis is definitely a mild psych psychedelic. And people think that only mushrooms and, 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 and LSD are psychedelics. No, cannabis is psychedelic too. You know, there are, there are plants and animals out there that as you eat them, <laughs> they will take you to another place. And if you need enough cannabis, we'll definitely do that. We're saying um, cannabis. Do we mean THC in the cannabis? Because hemp, will hemp also cause that problem if you overdose on hemp? No. no so I'm saying cannabis as, as the, the THC high version. Yes, THC. Right, THC. As for edibles, the best way to take edibles therapeutically would be capsules. It wouldn't be to eat it, or in the, unless you're unless you're using a um an infused oil or an infused uh, cooking product of some sort to use it to cook your own healthy meals and put it inside of your own healthy smoothies and whatnot like that, because edibles are usually marketed as these sugar-rich candy foods and you know like these brownies and cookies and all this type of foolishness that not only can not be gauged properly by what 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 the dosage is but are also loaded with other um unwanted ad ad additive stuff that someone who's trying to treat illness doesn't need to have in their body no way so just uh, edibles that are not made from healthy uh, uh nutrient dense organic foods are not medicine they're recreational products like like drinking wine you know what i mean and then you have to be basically be beware of how you're doing it. They're not for treating illness. They're for, like you said, Doc, going to sleep or, you know, or hanging out and, and experiencing uh, a cannabis recreation. It's not for treating illness. You don't take a brownie. You don't eat brownies unless you're, you know, on your deathbed and, and, and what's your nutrient density, what, what you're doing for nutrients doesn't matter to you. And you're just trying to relieve some pain and eat some, eat some treats. It doesn't really matter to you. But otherwise, gummies made from gelatin and, and refined sugar, that's one of the most popular things they make. They make edibles out of, and it's ridiculous. Artificial colors, flavors. You dare give that to a kid who has seizures and a bunch of other neurological conditions, and the cannabis inside of it may not be enough to stop it from activating the other products from activating the, the, the conditions that the child has. So you definitely won't want to give your kids candy with cannabis in it and think that it's treating conditions. That's not the case. Well, that's a good point. Now, I, I think the last um, category of um, oral intake would be beverages. Um, the new kid on the block. For those who don't know, cannabis, CBD, they are oil soluble. They only dissolve into fat. Uh, most beverages, if not all, are water based. So there's some sci science and technology that has to happen to the cannabis oil or the CBD to make it mix well with beverages. It either has to be emulsified, which means coating the oily cannabis molecule or CBD molecule with a, a water-soluble molecule, like a sugar molecule or sugar molecules. 
to make it mix with the water or it and or it has to be reduced to a very small size, which is nanotechnology. And they're saying that it's better to maybe use the nanotechnology because then you'll need to use less substrate to coat the cannabis oils to have a better product. Again, I would not recommend this as a therapeutic option because I feel there are too many unknowns out there. I know a lot of companies are marketing that you will get 75% more of your product. You'll get an onset of action in six minutes or as soon as it's in your mouth because it's so small. But there's not a lot of literature, if any, on cannabis and CBD being subjected to this technology. They do food that way all the time, like oil and vinegar. But we haven't really looked at the safety long-term of nanotechnology in the body because there's a concern that or it has been demonstrated that your some of your immune cells have trouble finding these nanotechnology particles to find them and excrete them. So there's a concern that they're just hanging out in the body. That's the main thing that we are, we're not sure if it's so small, it could be getting going to places that you don't want it to go. And, and your immune system is having trouble finding it. So that's, that's pretty much all I have to say about about uh, beverages. Okay, that makes perfect sense, Doc. Um, Beverages are sublingual and digested because they start off in the mouth going sublingually and then digested. And if you're going to do beverages, make, make your own. It doesn't make sense because not only is that nanotechnology some sort of science that hasn't been tested yet and could very well be doing some type of long-term foolishness, who knows? For one, we're not talking about whole plant stuff here. And that's a, that's a big thing we hit, hit as well. Like when you're talking about ingesting THC extracts and CBD extracts, we're not talking about whole plant no more. So you're dealing with a plant pharmaceutical, first of all, from these companies that are making them, uh, that are extracting cannabinoids off of the rest of the whole plant. And that right there deads its, its most rich capacity as being a medicine, which is its diverse cannabinoid spectrum. So making a decoction, which would be making an alcohol tincture and then boiling down the rest in some water and adding that together to, to, to level out the, the, the alcohol tincture would be the best way to make a tincture, and then that right there can be added to your drink, and you could drink it that sort of way if you want to make a drink. Or, I mean, uh, can cannabinoids bond to sugars and fats, which is why it bonds to alcohol. You're not going to get it to bond to your drink if you put it into a fat, a lipid-rich uh, oil, but you can get it to bond to your drink, to your water or your, your, your water-rich drink if it's in alcohol. If you have an oil tincture, it can be put in a smoothie. If you have an alcohol tincture or the alcohol decoction, I can be put into a drink and it will, it will pretty much go right into it. Separate slightly maybe because the drink is cold and whatnot, but I mean, you're drinking it all. As opposed to also, one last thing, nanotechnology or not, cannabinoids don't have shelf life in water bases, period. It's not going to sit there and they rate this thing and that, them, them so-called nano, nano, whatever you call it. After them bottles sit on the, on the shelf for so long a time with them clear see-through things or whatever it is, it, it depreciates the cannabinoids. Cannabinoids change. Even if you have a bottle of tincture up in your closet, the cannabinoid values are changing and changing and changing the whole time. Think of a, a tincture being a secure, a secure bottle with light blocked out of it. You know, these drinks are not made like that, and they're just on the shelf sitting there for who knows how long. Who knows what you're getting by the time you drink it. And for the audience, time, light, oxygen, and heat 
degrades cannabinoids, any of those things. Right. All of which they are in, are, are, are in contact with for periods of time on the shelf as a, as a drink product. Let's move on to the final two ways. Um, I think suppositories should go next. Maybe this is a way that's used more medicinally than, than other ways. I'm not sure. Doc, do you want to start us off with suppositories? Yes. Suppositories are almost like cylindrical, oval collections of medicine that can be put in the vagina or the rectum. You can think of, I don't know, hemorrhoidal medicine or stool softeners. Um, They have a onset of action of 10 to 20 minutes and typically last four to eight hours. They're very bioavailable and avoids that first pass through the liver. So you get more of the medicine and it may preserve more of the terpenes. The downside is it's not a very appealing uh, route of um, administration, or at least probably not rectal for most people, but women who have grown up with using tampons probably won't have a problem with it. It'd be easy for women to make that move. Anything you'd like to add to that, Oski? Yeah, uh, suppositories are the most effective way for treating illness, especially illness that is in the abdomen area. We talk in any type of colorectal, uh, gynecological, gynecological, (laughs) gynecological, (laughs) or any type of uterus uh, tubes and ovaries. Right, right. Yes. Colon, any any type of those midsection areas, and also like you know the uh, digestive and any any type of cancers in the stomach. Anything that's in that midsection is going to have is going to be best prostate cancers. That's the best area for um treatment because you not only absorb 85%, you also are able to take large, large amounts without the debilitating effects because it doesn't give you the uh, psychedelic effects of it. And at the end of the day, it's just pretty much the best absorption rate that there is. You get the most out of it. And that's, that's pretty much the best way to, to treat illness. Unfortunately, it's not a comfortable way to go about it. You know what I mean? But uh, that's the highest absorption rate. And the best way to go about it. If you're trying to treat terminal illness, bite the bullet and get it done. Okay, well, we're down to topicals. Let's talk about topicals. Who wants to start? Please, Doc. Well, as you may or may not know, we have cannabinoid receptors throughout our body, the brain, organs, digestive system, but we also have cannabinoid receptors on our skin. And so people who are having issues with acne or psoriasis or eczema or other kind of skin conditions, using a topical makes sense because you do have cannabinoid receptors in the skin. I know that when you're dealing with CBD, it's important to have probably at least one to 2% by weight of CBD in the product. A lot of times you'll see other botanicals being added to the cannabis or CBD preparations to help with absorption of the the product. There should be little to no systemic absorption. So it should not get into your bloodstream. It should stay pretty much in your skin and work on the disease that's present there. Um, But that's one of the the good things about topicals. You can put the medicine right where the problem is and, and, and get a benefit. That's really cool. I did not realize that. I didn't realize that it didn't absorb systemically. It stayed where you put it topically. 
you must get a little bit systemically, but basically it helps right where you put it. Yes. That's interesting because I remember Oski a long time ago helped me with a headache and we applied it to my temples and it really sig- significantly decreased my headache right then. Because you, rece- you have re- pain receptors on the skin and the cannabis, it, like one of the receptors that they it stimulates besides the cannabinoid one and two receptors is trip V1 or capsaicin. Capsaicin is pepper, which, in, which, is, which is in chili pepper. And initially you may feel a little burn, but after that, the continuous stimulation stops the receptor from sending pain to your brain. So it, it, it really does work topically. It doesn't have to get into your bloodstream to take away the pain. So in, uh, in the Bible days, the original concoction of the anointing oil was a olive oil-based cannabinoid-rich oil blend of cannab- cannabis, myrrh, cassia oil, which is cinnamon, and cannabis oil. That's what made up the holy anointing oil in the Bible. And what would happen, these desert tribes would pretty much cover their bodies in this oil. And it had a, um, a rich terpenoid scent. And that was pretty much how they detected wellness or illness. Anything went off, off that scent, they would know that somebody needs to be treated by the healer. So it, it kept their, their skin clean. They kept pretty much stuff out and kept them, them healing to the point where if something got in, they can, they can identify it. And that all had to do with the, the smell of it, a lot of that all went together. Also, there's, a trans, there's transdermal applications for topical which is what I gave you that time, Marilyn, there is actually chemicals, phytochemicals actually, that make uh, chemicals pass through the skin and go straight to the bloodstream, which surpasses that liver as well. So there's, and where you can actually feel the psychedelic effects of the cannabis, as well as the pain relief. So, and, um, and, I, and, I, and I want to jump in there too, because we're, it's almost two things we're talking about where it, you, it's the, the main thing is that you, you can use, administer the medicine through the skin. That a topical tends to be more like creams, lotions, oils, those stay superficially. Now they're, they have developed technology in transdermal patches where it delivers the medicine through the skin into the bloodstream. Those are two different things. What I was talking about is a topical that does not get absorbed into the bloodstream, but there are transdermal patches that will have the technology to push the medicine into the bloodstream. Right. Another, another application of topical would be the transdermal application, which is which phytochemical or chemical is added to the cannabinoids or to the, to the whole mixture that causes the, the, the chemicals to pass through the skin into the bloodstream. Um, and that gives the, it, it intensifies the effectiveness of the pain relief and also lends the psychedelic effect. It, it passes through to the bloodstream and, and, and gives a psychedelic effect as well. The properties of, 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 the, um, of, of the ingestion. And I'm curious, Marilyn, the medicine you put on your temple for the, for the headache, did it have an aroma at all? It smelled like cannabis. <laughs> okay. Because it's so part of the healing might've been through the aromatherapy mm. component of it as well. So it, it doesn't always necessarily have to get into the bloodstream if, if it's treating you through the, through the nose, because your nose is the entry right into your brain. So there, there's connections between your brain and your nose. So aromatherapy might be another mechanism of action of why it worked. Definitely had essential oils in there as well. Um, sage oils and, and whatnot. There's definitely essential oils. There, it, was, it was definitely a, a, a three-prong effect. There's topical, transdermal, and aromatherapy. That was the point of it being in that thing for to have like the effect of aromatherapy as well. 
I think this is a really good place to wrap up because really Plants for Life is not just only about cannabis, but plant-based lifestyles and ways that we can treat ourselves with plants, not just cannabis, but all of our herbs and God-given medicines here on earth that we've had for many ancient years. Please stay tuned for more information about Plants for Life and also more about topics such as how to ingest cannabis, as well as much more of the science and ancient use of cannabis. Sure. Thank Good you, Doc. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to this podcast. Also, look for us on YouTube and at plantsforlife.com. Plants for Life, plant-based lifestyles, and ancient nutritional treatment strategies. Plants for Life. The ideas presented in this podcast are meant for general informational purposes only and should not be considered professional advice. The Plants for Life podcast and Plants for Life LLC and all affiliate subsidiaries disclaim any liability for any damages arising out of reliance on the information presented. Please consult licensed professionals for any medical, legal, or business advice.